the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the original Secretaries of Defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. I'm your host today, Delaine England. I'm super excited to have two amazing Liberty Moms join me today. We're going to start with Liberty Mom, Betty Young. Now, Betty, you, I just want to kind of lay the groundwork a little bit and explain We have this amazing system in Utah where we pick our candidates. It's really terrific. It's called the caucus convention system. And so Betty, tell us why you decided to run for, you decided to run for the Senate and you did it through this caucus convention system, which means you, you, the whole entire state is divided into neighborhoods called precincts. Everyone goes to whoever wants to. No one's forced to. Anyone, everyone's welcome. Those who want to go to their precinct meeting and there they elect many representatives. They elect delegates to represent their neighborhood, to go to the convention and to go vet the people who are running for different offices. And so I just want to ask this one question to the audience. Do you think a a delegate who goes and meets with the candidates and vets them and asks them questions and meets with them several times, talks to them in person, will they make a better decision on a candidate or people who make a decision based on yard signs and maybe a flyer, possibly a robocall? Which one will make a better decision on a candidate? And of course, in the Republican Party, we want candidates that are aligned with the Republican platform. And for me, the best way to find that out is to vet the candidates. So, Betty, tell us why you decided to run to be to run for Senate. So, first of all, hi, everyone. And I'm Betty Young and I'm running for Utah State Senate District 6. I decided to run because uh, for many different reasons, uh, I, I believe that I can represent the people um, in my district uh, regarding the issue we have right now. And um, I'm running against an incumbent and uh, I uh, I don't have anything particularly um, in, in negative with my opponents, except for the fact that I believe that uh, who represent us should actually be able to, to be contact. And, and for me, I, maybe I was unlucky, I don't know, but I was never able to, to, to contact my representative. And so, and I believe that if elected, I work for you. I work for the people. It's not vice versa. And I believe that when, a, a, you know, somebody that is in office is in office for too long, it could be a problem. And it's always healthy for, you know, the political atmosphere to have uh, somebody that may be challenged or newcomers. It's always healthy because we will not have an establishment that is always there. Uh, 
And for your second question, you said why I decided to go with the caucus, right? Yes, but before we go there, maybe, Betty, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and history? Because I actually find that extremely compelling and very interesting. Absolutely. Uh, probably people um, understood, like, I'm not from around Utah. He's <laughs> like, she you don't have a Utah accent. I don't. <laughs> I don't have. <laughs> not, not even from Idaho. <laughs> yes, like, not even Idaho. <laughs> I am a little bit from the east of the United States, like east, like Italy. <laughs> so exactly. I was born and raised in Italy and uh, I still have my mom, dad and my sister and my cousins and friends. And But I live, uh, I live here in, the, in, in Utah since 1998. Uh, I'm married with three children, a cat and a dog. I'm a citizen. I'm a, I'm a proud uh, U.S. citizen. And I, um, and I decided to run because in Italy, it's a socialist country like every other state in Europe. And uh, I know that there is this myth uh, here in the U.S. that for some people, that socialism is actually a good thing, which no, it's not. I can go on with, you know, the problem with socialism with um, how much taxes people pay, how is the, um, the health insurance, how much people... You know, uh, so they pay 50% of their paycheck for health insurance and uh, the retirement. But the problem is, for example, for healthcare, is that they have to long, long um, waiting list to be, you know, uh, seen. For example, a very quick example, my, before the pandemic, my dad, uh, which at the time was, so now my dad is 81. Before the pandemic, he had to do a quadruple bypass. And in January, he made the appointment uh, and uh, the soonest appointment was October. Now, I mean, if you have, you know, problem like heart or cancer or life, life threatening uh, um, issues, you can't wait 10 months. I mean, <laughs> and so then my parents they had to go private. So there is there is so many different issues. I mean, and people think, oh, everything is free. Let's be exactly. you know honest. Nothing in life is free. Someone somewhere has to pay always. So and I am here just because I want to make aware of the people that what well, actually socialism is all about. And because if you go on the news, everything is wonderful. Nothing is, uh, you know, people, sometimes they don't portray reality. Let's put it that way. Yes, they're not really forthcoming with all the realities of what socialism is. I, I lived under socialism. I lived in, with uh, social healthcare for a year and a half myself and I found it it's it's not even quality it's not quality at all it's very it's very sad I mean it's just unbelievable because it's expensive but it's very low quality yes because unfortunately I mean you find good doctors but then the problem is you need to be you need to get lucky because if you find a bad doctor how the socialist structure is it's hard actually to even fire a bad doctor. Exactly. So, and here instead, it's like if it's a bad doctor, I mean, in the end, they will not work as a doctor anymore. But 
that wasn't the case, unfortunately. Okay, so tell us why you decided to run for the Senate. I decided to run for the Senate because we live in a time and a place that right now our liberty have been limited. And I see this agenda uh, of, you know, so socialist agenda actually crippling in. I see that me as a parent and my freedom of speech and or my rights as a parent, they become, you know, they're being limited. And I don't think this is something that we can afford. I mean, our children are the future of our nation. I mean, I am almost 49. So, I mean, it, it, I kind of lived my life. <laughs> I'm not that old, but I'm not 20 years old, but I feel the duty that we need to preserve our liberty for our children and our grandchildren. And the problem is that I see that our children have been um, lied to. You know, I, I know that when I was 18 uh, or like even younger, um, I was more, you know, gullible. I was, I, I believed people. But the older I got, the I then I understood that you know we need to be careful of who we believe and why sometimes people say what they say. There is always like you know um, uh, something that they want to accomplish. So they have an agenda. Exactly, they have an agenda. Unfortunately, even though they say, "Oh no, they don't," but I I actually see it. I mean, I see it. And other people see it, and I mean, people say, "Oh, but maybe you're delusional." Well, well, you know. everybody has an agenda, and some people are honest about what it is. And exactly, your agenda is to create freedom, to restore uh, yes. the freedoms, yes. and to protect and preserve our our rights. So yes. there, in Utah, there are two pathways now. There used to just be one way to get on the ballot. You you went and you met with the delegates and you met with them and they bet, vetted the candidates and, mm-hmm. and check you out. And then they would decide. And if you got 60% at convention, then you were the Republican candidate mm-hmm. and you were the nominee and you would be on the ticket. If you got less than that, then the top two ballot takers, the two, two top voter vote getters would be on the ballot. And so um, you decided to run just convention only. Not yes. to go around that system and buy your way onto the ballot. Yes. You chose not to buy your way. You wanted to actually meet with the candidates. So yes. tell us why you decided to do that. So I decided for different reasons. The first reason is because this country was founded that it's for the people and by the people. And everybody can actually run for office regardless of their you know, economic status. Because I know a lot of people knows that when you gather the signature, it's actually very expensive. Like for my district, for example, for Utah State Senate, I think it's over 20000 if you need to pay for signature. And I mean, maybe for some people, 20000 it's nothing, but for other people, it's a lot. And there shouldn't be any limitation on finance for people to run. And second of all, I like the um, the convention because I know that there is this myth that, you know, people that go to the caucus, uh, they've been, you know, indoctrinated or whatever. No, because the people actually go to the caucus, like you said, this is open to anyone. 
and anybody that they want to go, the neighbors that you know. And I mean, it's not like limited to, okay, you can come and the other person that cannot come. Everybody are allowed to go. And in the district, I mean, in the precinct, the people will decide who will represent them a convention. So are people that maybe they like, they trust, they say, you know, maybe I, I remember there was a lady, she said, you know, I don't understand much about politics, but I know that my neighbor, he, he you know, he is actually um, um, much more educated or like I trust him and I like him. And so he will be able to actually vet. And the vetting process, it's actually very, very good because I'm running myself and I found that uh, the people that uh, become delegates, they want to meet with us. They want to know where we stand. They want to know what is our background. They want to know why and what are we going to do. And, uh, and it's a very, very intense process because when you run just uh, on a flyer or on a website, it's hard to know the person. It's really, it really is. I remember when it's I impossible. was- It's impossible. It's impossible. Anybody can say anything. You can't get to know anybody, know their values. You can't look them in the eye. You can't ask them hard questions. You can't ask what you want to know. You cannot bet somebody based on a flyer. It's impossible. It, it. it is impossible. And, and people need to understand that uh, the people that will be elected, uh, it will, they will make- laws they will make you know important decision for for the population and it's i mean for me it's inconceivable that uh, somebody is going to be elected just from a website just from a flyer so mm-hmm. at least we need to have some sort of, of accountability like okay these people actually met and when the the delegates actually vet the candidate they really grilled them i mean some people are maybe more nice. Some other people are maybe more, you know, uh, direct. Yes, exactly. But this is good because they need to even see how the person is under pressure or, you know, anything. So, and besides the fact of so the finance and then the fact of you have more direct contact. And I think this is what America was all about. I mean, a process from the grassroots up, which is important. Because if you elect the person that, you know, for example, for the Senate district, it will be my area. You want to be able to know that that person has your same value, that that person actually understand what's going on in your neck of the woods. So, so this is why for me, it's, it's very, very important. And I want to say something. In Europe, for example, this gather the signature, Dalen, will never, ever, and I underline, ever go. And the, you know why? <laughs> because, um, so you have people coming on your door, right? And ask you, oh, I, I collect signature for such and such, right? And they will be worried to death that their signature will be forged, <laughs> And used for scam. So you will never have this gather the signature anywhere outside the US <laughs> because you have name, date of birth, uh, you have where, address, 
And the unique signature will never work outside. Good ever. point. Okay, so Betty, you got to convention. You worked and you were vetted by the candidates, or excuse me, the delegates. You were vetted by the delegates. Mm -hmm. Then you get to convention. Tell us what happened at convention. You gave a speech, and then what is the outcome of the your, you and your you, you and your opponent each gave a speech. Yes, so I I had two opponents, and um, and so we only got um, we we were able to actually go to primary. Me and um, the incumbent, and I'm running. So I'm running against the incumbent, Jerry Stevenson. And uh, he has been in office for, at least for the Senate, I believe, 12 years. And after that, I mean, I was able to almost, so I got 97 delegates and he got 106 or nine. I can't remember, one of the two. So very close. Yeah, we were very close. And the other, the other, the, the second uh, candidate, they didn't get um, um, many votes. And I... And and I thank him because, you know, I thank everybody that actually decided to run because the study to run is hard because when yeah. anybody decides to run, out of a sudden we become targets. Like we are walking with like, you know, a target on our back. And so now after convention, so the delegates, they went and they deliberate because they were counting the, the votes. And now we're going to primary. Primary is going to be, I think, at the end of June, if I'm not mistaken. June 28th is the actual date of the primary. But of course, ballots come out three weeks in advance. So yes. you're running, you know, literally we have three weeks of voting day instead of yes. a day. Correct. Which is, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yes. And, and, but I will do the best as I can, like every other, you know, candidate. But I wanna wanna make sure that the the, the people actually listen to the, the this podcast that they know that they need to evaluate. Are, are they happy? Are they happy in what the situation is? It is right now as a parent, as a as a citizen. And if you're not, I mean, then you have to do research and decide. Because unfortunately, right now we have issues that didn't have, we didn't have before. I mean, I came here in 1998, and I see a, a different America from that is right now from 1998. Oh yes, and it's, it's a scary one. And as a parent, as a mother, I have the obligation to protect my children, future, and my grandchildren's future. Because if we lose our freedom here, it's going to be hard to get it back. It really will be hard. And very well said. Thank you, Betty. You know, I'm so impressed and so proud of you that you just jumped into the race and decided to run and you did very well. It's really quite amazing against an incumbent. And I'm it's pretty exciting. And I think it really is exciting how well Davis County did on electing patriot people, patriotic people, and deciding people who are aligned with the platform. And I think that is really what defines the party, each party and the Republican Party is defined by the Republican platform. And that's what I noticed that um, the delegates were looking for candidates who were aligned with the Republican platform. And that is where your values are. They lie in alignment with that. And that's why people chose you. Yeah, you know, and thank you for saying that. 
because it's a very important that some, I don't know how many people sometimes read the actual platform. Let's, for example, talk about school. And not many people actually know that in, in, in Italy, I am an elementary teacher. And so I, I value, you know, the teachers that I want the best outcome for the children. Uh, but as the, um, the Republican platform, it's very important that, that we understand that the parents, which they are the one that, you know, I cannot make an, an absolute because sometimes there is the exception, but they are the one that want the best for the children and they know the best for the their children and for example for school i am for for uh pro-choice for school because right. pe- kids i had three kids my first kid he thrived in a public school my second kid tried in a charter school and my last one he was between he, he liked it the charter school and the online so if we really want the best for our children let's have the parents and the children decide what will be best for them, right? Hey, yes, very good point. Thank you so much, Betty. Thank you. Thank you for running. Thank you for so much for joining us today. Thank we you. really appreciate it. And thanks for being engaged and involved. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Okay, we've got another Liberty Mom with us. And that her name is Alina Erickson. And she is amazing. And she is very aligned with the Republican platform. And she had a totally different race because she is running for the House. She had four candidates, well, three other candidates besides herself. So, Alina, do you want to just tell us, we don't have too much time before our break, just give us a little bit of background information about yourself, just to introduce yourself. Well, I am a mother of six, grandmother. I love all things liberty. Um, It's just something ingrained into me, and I've been very active over the last few years in the grassroots and things that have concerned Utahns the most. And so the only thing I haven't done is run for office, so here I am. Exciting. Okay, so I am really interested in why you decided that you would run run and throw your hat in the ring and run for the House. Um, the incumbent decided not to run, kind of, and he ended up not running. And so why did you decide to run for the House of Representatives? Well, it's an interesting thing. I mean, in that grassroots, we have been very active with um, just being involved with the things that concern Utahns the most. So with that, I have just, I thought, you know, if I can just be a representative, there's so many people across Utah that I feel like I have a good pulse on and with the concerns that they have. So I look at it as an opportunity to serve. I trust myself to abide by the principles of the platform. And that is the biggest reason. I'm not a competitive person. If I felt like somebody else could could represent the things that we've worked on as a as a state, then I would just let them do that. Okay, um, we're so. going to take a we're going to take a break, and we're going to come right back, and we're going to talk to Alina about the convention and caucus system. Thank you so much. Stay with us.
Thank you so much for staying with us. This is the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. I'm Delaine England, your host, and we have amazing Liberty Mom with us, Alina Erickson, who is running for the House of Representatives in District 18 in Utah. And Alina, you decided to run for the House for really great reasons. I love that. And you had three other people. There were four of you running in the race. So how was it? How was it that you decided, and if I remember correctly, no one decided to get signatures. Is that right? Everyone ran in the, everyone in your race decided to respect the the delegates and to respect our system and allow the delegates to choose. Yes. Now, why did you decide not to get signatures, Alina? Because I believe in a republic. And I believe that that is the essence of our of our state and of our country is represent representative government. Um, and for me, I even took it a step further. I went to caucus night. I did not become a delegate. I did not ask anybody to become a delegate. Um, my boundary and where I'm sitting, um, you know, sometimes we're divided by wards and neighbors and things like that. I happened to be pushed into a precinct that I didn't know anybody. And so... I was confident in my message and who I am and what I what I bring, what I've done, that I wanted it to be an authentic republic experience where people could see and have the option of who I am without the, um, oh, I'm just going to vote for you because you're my family. I mean, that's that would be biased. And so I felt like, in a way, when we stack our delegates, that's also kind of cheating. So I just want to explain that to everybody. So what she means by stack the delegates is before the the, the, um, before the caucus meeting, a lot of people that are going to run or that are running will go and get their friends and neighbors and go get people that they know and have them run to become a delegate so that they can vote for them. Rather than what Alina did was allow people to show up to their caucus meeting, get elected, and then come and meet her and decide and vet all the candidates and decide who is the best candidate. So she didn't stack it. She didn't kind of scam the deal. She just allowed grassroots and allowed the real authentic system to work. And it played out. Yeah, it was was great. It, it was a great experience, and I felt like there was a lot of delegates who connected with me. I went to every effort to hold cottage meetings, meet and greets, make phone calls, show up at doors, and just make those connections so they knew who I was, what I had to offer. And most people resonated with my message. There was a maybe one that I felt like didn't, and yet we spent quite a long time on the phone. And at the end of that conversation, he felt heard. We realized we actually had a lot more in common. And I believe those conversations are important to have. Okay, awesome. So how do you feel about the signature path? How do you feel about that being there that somebody can just buy their way onto the ballot? Well, it's certainly not a, a honest form of our republic. Let's let's put it that way. It's I think it's cheating. I think it's dishonest. I think um, it's not adequate representation. And so I am not a fan of that at all. Because basically what you're saying, it allows people to not have to face the delegates, Mm -hmm. to not be vetted, but to just buy their way on to the ballot and then just get there that way. And what we what we do know in a primary, how does a person win a primary? It's a very different race. It's very it's a lot more difficult. And a primary does 
just inherently costs a lot more money. So how are you able to dig in there and compete in a primary? Well, with the convention, um, if you can take 60% of those votes, then you can skip the primary and just be on the general ballot. Um, and yeah, I was close, but I wasn't quite there. What did you get? What percentage did you get? So I got, well, percentage, I don't know, because I don't know how many people showed up, but my score was 47 in a four-way race. So almost what felt like 50%. Right. And then your next opponent got? 37 and then 25 and then 15, I believe. Um, and so obviously this is more than 100 delegates. And um, then they did the ranked choice voting which I wish we could get rid of the ranked choice because if people did not want a person at all, but still put them on the ballot, that's still a vote for that person. So they ended up shuffling the numbers to both uh, Paul Cutler and I until we both ended up having 58 um, votes. It, it just evened out. <laughs> yeah, ranked choice voting is basically voting for someone that you don't want to win. Yeah, because you rank everyone by choice, but you vote for all the candidates. So why would you want to vote for somebody you don't want to win? And it does change the outcome. And the worst part is you really cannot really vet it. You can't really do an audit on it. It's very hard to audit, if not impossible. And so it's, it's just very convoluted and it is designed to be convoluted. Yeah. So, OK, so you yeah, you came out on top. You came out really. Number one. And so now that you're running in the primary, what are you doing as in a primary as a primary candidate? What do you find is most effective? So we need so I'm getting the list of the registered voters and um, making plans, strategizing, building my team, having meet and greets, cottage meetings, um, things at the park, any way that I can be able to reach them, make those connections. Door to door is very helpful. Once I have that list, um, yeah, just it's a it's going to be an intense few months, but we're going to get there. It's going to be good. So, so you're actually going door to door and talking to people. I have a possible endorsement that will. That's what they do, um, and I will do as much as I can. I mean, I've already done some of that to invite people to a meet and greet. So I'm going to do as much as I can, but I need that list. I mean, if there's five, 10,000 voters in my area, I mean, one person going door to door, <laughs> I don't think that's possible, but dividing it up, if we have a precinct, a contact per precinct, and that contact grows, that's, that's one strategy I'm working on. So, yes, it is. It is very difficult and it does take a great deal of time and commitment, doesn't it? It does. And a lot more money. That is why the Republican Party decided many years ago, really quite a number of years ago, that we wanted to try to have as few primaries as possible because it does, again, it takes a lot of money. And so it really opens the, lays the groundwork and opens the door wider for people with a lot of money. So, and you know, there's nothing wrong with being a wealthy person or having a lot of money. It's the American way. But do we only want people that have a lot of money? that either are bought by somebody or are or, or, you know, independently wealthy. Do we want everyone to be in office in that position or do we want to open up the door? Truly the American way is anyone can run. As Betty said, any, that's what's so great about America. It's for the people, by the people. So anyone can run, anyone can be 
um, can be president of the United States. Anyone can be a governor. Anyone can be a, a representative or a senator because there are no, you know, there's some age restrictions. They have to be an adult. But other than that, you have to live in the United States. But there's not a there's not a bar that you have to be so wealthy. You have to own your house. None of those things. It's so awesome. It's so amazing that any citizen who wants to run can. Well, I want to speak to that really quick, if I may, because we need to understand what happens in a federal race. So having ran a short federal race myself um, and pulling out to not split the vote and then pulling out because of also the funding issues, that very much so is a pay to play system that Utahns need to understand. There are mandated fees that are thousands per month to be a federal candidate. And yet there's also the Lincoln dinners that you're invited to that if you wanna show up in front of the public, it's a $5,000 ticket fee as a candidate for a three to five minute opportunity to reach the public. So my message is also to the grassroots. We've either got to change the pay to play system or we need to step it up as grassroots. In a congressional race, there are 700,000 constituents. If each person put a dollar, we need to put our money where our mouth is. Put a dollar on the candidate that you want. That's 700,000 floating around. And yet so many people don't understand how important donations are and the pressure that a candidate is under. And so until we get rid of the pay to play system, we're not going to have regular people becoming successful in office. Um, unless the miracles happen because they can't get through the financial. That is such a good point. And we really, we, we complain about having these establishment career politicians that want to control everything and that stomp on our liberties, but are we willing to, to pony up the money? And, and it doesn't have to, I love how you said that, Alina, because it doesn't have to be a um, hundred thousand. It doesn't even have to be 2,500. If, if we just donate five or 10 or $20 a piece, then our candidate of our choice will have the opportunity to run a race and allow them to get to know people. Cause here's the problem. It, it, it just have to, you'd have to use mechanisms like flyers and signs in order to get, to reach out to people and let your name be heard. So that's very important. And, and while we're on this, I just wanted to mention um, we have this organization called Count My Vote um, that became established because they didn't like the fact that the caucus system was so effective because the real life people, these neighborhood, ordinary, everyday delegates that are many representatives that represent the neighborhoods of the entire state can go and meet with candidates and meet every candidate, face them, ask them the hard questions, and they could choose who the candidates are. And that is how we picked the before six years ago. That is the sole way we picked our candidates. And they didn't like that because we were able to we were able to get rid of some career politicians that way and replace them with some people aligned with the platform, people aligned with the constitution. And so these men created this organization, count my vote, Taylor Morgan. I have heard him since the, we, since the Davis County convention, I have heard him on radio stations and, and articles that have come out by different um 
what what we will use the term loosely the media by journalists using the term extremely loosely because they're not really journalists but they have really called names to those people who ran and won like yourself calling you radicals calling you off the edge and calling the delegates radicals and saying the delegates were were just a small group of radicals and it's so interesting because basically what they're saying what what happened at the convention is that most of the people that won were people who were aligned with the platform so basically if you're saying the people that won and the people that voted for people to uh, that were aligned with the platform they're calling them radicals and they're so in essence they're saying that our platform is radical and i just invite everyone who hasn't had a chance to take a few minutes and read either the state Republican Party platform or the county Republican platform, whatever county you're in, and whatever state you're in. These platforms are really, I haven't read every other state, but I have read the county and the state. They're really amazing, and they're very aligned with the constitutional and the principles of freedom, the principles of prosperity and freedom. And I think they're amazing. And my very favorite one, actually is the national Republican platform, which kind of surprised me. It's a lovely read. It's only 60 pages long. So you have to be, I, I had to break it up into pieces. I, it's too much for one sitting. But this is what is really interesting is I would love a chance to talk to Taylor Morgan, the head of Count My Vote. I would love a chance to visit with him and talk to him and see why he is calling people who love liberty and people who love our Republican platform, why they would be considered radicals. What's radical about our platform? What is it that is in our platform that is radical? To me, it seems very mainstream. I think of our platform as very mainstream and something that anybody who loves liberty would embrace and get behind. And I really wish more people would read it because I think if more people did, they would understand so much more about where we are and where we should be and really help to support those in office and those candidates who are running and getting in and aligning themselves with those principles because they're quite amazing. And they work. We've been using them for 240 years and they are very effective. They really work. So Alina, um, tell us a little bit about your platform. What, what is your platform? What do you anticipate in um, when you win? What do you anticipate accomplishing? Well, I want to just comment really quick, if I can, about your um, thoughts on the platform. Yes. Because, yes, I have been deemed as radical. And I think, you know, it's okay if you don't abide by the party platform. If you don't, you're welcome to join another party. Um, but this is... This is our platform. This is what we're running on. And if elected, if and when, when I'm elected, I have the opportunity to honor the oath, which is the Constitution, and to protect individual liberties. I don't think there's anything radical about that. I don't care if people are on the left, the middle, or the right. My responsibility is to protect individual liberties. And so that is partially what my goal and my aim is. I think I'm not... Um, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not anti-mask. I'm anti-mandate. I want people to be able to consult with their physicians. I want people to make the best decisions. I want parents to be in control of their children, of you know how they raise them, and being involved in the schools, and let parents lead. 
Um, I believe that the federal government has way too much influence in our education and that the federal government does not reflect the values of our state and, and the values of our family. And we need local control, local parents involved to drive the education. We need to relieve the teachers who are overburdened, overstressed, teaching to things they didn't sign up and agree to. Um, the assessments, the national standard, those kinds of things are a concern to me. CRT, SEL, those things need to go. They need to be on, we need to watch for anything that comes up like that. Um, I would also say, again, individual liberties. That's that's women's sports, that's privacy, that's medical freedom, um, you know, the right to, be, uh, you know, uh, carry arms. All of those things are individual liberties that need to be protected. And then finally, again, the federal overreach. I think the federal government is growing too big. Utah is a wonderful, unique state. We are the state of industry and thrift. And I believe that in this time of inflation, we desperately need to create innovative ideas to help our families, to help our children. I don't know how people are buying houses anymore. <laughs> it's yeah, so expensive. No the pay has not gone up, um, but the houses have almost doubled in just a few years. So I'm very concerned about our children, and I believe that we can, you know, collect the most brilliant minds to come up with some, some solutions, but state sovereignty is key. And of course, that's as outlined in the Constitution. Beautiful. That is so well said. I really wish you all the best. I'm very excited for you. I think it would be really amazing, really amazing to have you in the house. I really look forward to working with you there because you are aligned with the platform and with our our party platform and with our constitution. Thank you so much. Amazing Liberty Mom, Alina. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All the me. best to you. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, we have one more guest and he is not a Liberty Mom. He is clearly a Liberty Dad. He is an amazing candidate and we're very excited to welcome Trevor Lee with us. Now, Trevor had a very interesting experience because he ran against an incumbent, a really long time incumbent and Representative Steve Handy, very nice guy. And he ran against him and Representative Handy chose not to get signatures. He chose to honor the and be respectful of the delegates. And so he chose to just play the game the way it's meant to be and respect and honor the delegates. And so he did not get signatures. And so Trevor and Representative Handy ran um, as candidates and ran against each other. Trevor, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks, Delaney. Thanks for taking time away from your vacation. We really appreciate yeah. it. I'm no super problem. excited about you. I'm super excited for you and for our state, frankly. So Trevor, tell us about why did you decide to run against Representative Handy for the House? I went up to the Capitol. There was a bill that we had that was for election integrity back in early March, I want to say. It's called House Bill 371. And I remember being in, in a crowd of people. There were six overflow rooms. We had 20,000 plus signatures. We had 200 plus people online watching just to have Republicans in our own party tell us that they didn't care about the bill to help make our elections more secure here in Utah. And it was after that, as I was leaving, that I decided, you know what? The guy that is in my area is actually one of the more moderate Republicans. In fact, yeah, I would even call him a Democrat in a lot of instances. And just showing up to meetings or signing signature or gathering signatures or helping with bills isn't doing the trick. 
And at that point I said, that's it. I need to get my feet in the race and I need to run. And so last minute I decided I filed and uh, went ahead and ran. That is amazing. That's okay. So that is really exciting. I just think it's so exciting that you with the young, young family said, you know what, we can't just expect someone else to fix this. It's our turn and our time to step up. So you just jumped in. And mm-hmm. so tell everybody what happened at the, tell us about running and then tell us what happened at conventions. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. So my game plan going into it, Steve Handy, who I was running against uh, at district 16, he had been in office for over 12 years, run unopposed for 10 out of the last 12. And my goal, if I was going to beat him, was going to have to be through the convention or the delegate process. And at the convention, I had to get over 60% of the delegates to vote for me. And that way, it would eliminate any need for a primary. So the minute I decided to run, we had our caucus meeting on a Tuesday night, uh, beginning of March. And I had roughly two and a half to three weeks to go ahead and meet every delegate that I could. And I went door to door and talked to out of 90 delegates, I hit 83 of them. And by doing so, I was marking on a list of what their concerns were, where they were leading, what their thoughts were on the current representative, Stephen Handy, and just listen to people. And at the end of listening to most, I would then ask uh, what are things they wanted to happen. And the vast majority were siding with my views and things that I believe with. And so come convention, uh, Steve and I each got a three minute speech and I was able to get 64% of the vote from the delegates. And part of that too, I think Blaney was that Steve didn't take me very seriously. So one of the things that I found interesting was they had these meet the candidate nights that they would do, where they would try to get everyone to come in and meet the candidates. It was held by the Republican party and I wouldn't go to those. So Steve didn't see me go to any of those events. And I, I would have to assume he didn't take me seriously because of that. I thought I just wasn't even trying. But in reality, I'm actually going door to door. And in a night where you could have a meet the candidate night, I could probably hit 10 to 15 delegates face to face at their home. And that was so much more effective for me and the strategy that I had. And it ended up playing in my favor. Uh, I knew going into the convention how many I had marked on my list that said they would vote for me as long as they weren't lying versus how many were a maybe and how many I would have to flip or side with me. Obviously I couldn't get every delegate. Like one was Steve's wife. Uh, there were some <laughs> moderate people that I, a good I, chance I, of I you getting his wife. I think not Trevor. Yeah, you can bank on that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So I, there were certain, you know, I, I knew where not to waste my time. Right. And exactly. so it was all, it, it was all a game a strategy game, I would say. And I, I think it played out very well in my favor. And, and the, the sad thing is, and I know you, I don't know if you've gone into it yet, but to be able to gather signatures, if Steve would have gathered signatures, which he's telling people he would have, or wished he would have, it would have been a really tough primary because it then it comes be, down yes. to money and name recognition. Those two things propel all these incumbents through in our system or people like, you know, Mitt Romney, who, the vast majority, I feel like, of the most educated, up-to-date voters just don't align with them. And what I found interesting is after I won at convention is that was kind of the, the, the news you're hearing from the, the, the media and the moderates in our party or even the Democrats was, oh, all the right-wing extremists showed up and ousted a good Republican. You know what is interesting about that is most of the delegates are some of the same people who have been delegates the last 10, 15 years. 
They're not. Absolutely. They're not radical. They're called platform Republicans. They're aligned with the platform. The platform is not radical. It's so easy to call people names and to get angry and say, you know, hey, we couldn't buy our way on. But that that is exactly what's true. It's name calling and not really and being very disingenuous because you didn't steal the election and nobody kicked him out of the party. You simply won an honest election. Correct. And I, and, and once again, it, the, the, what I love about the caucus system is it's the most informed, educated voter. And if you really want to get involved, that is the best way you can do it. You are elected by your close neighbors. In fact, that, that's one of the things I would ask a lot of these delegates is, you know, what Trevor, are your neighbors? Sorry, what? we're out of time. So oh, sorry, ahead, you're sorry. awesome. Have a great day. And remember, you're the guardians of your liberty.